Very often I remind myself to pray the name of Jesus, sing the name of Jesus, speak out the name of Jesus in my home, because I'm reminded that there is a group of not so good things in the world that do not want to hear the name of Jesus. Let's talk about spiritual battles that can play out in our houses. But if you speak, pray, and just say the name of Jesus in your home, I'll tell you one thing, there are things that won't want to dwell in your house. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you ever gone home and thought, I just need more of Jesus in my home, in my family, in our hearts. And then I try to make an environment that just increases the goodness of God, amen, and pushes back the powers of the evil one. Hallelujah. Because it truly is a spiritual battle. Isn't it true? Well, this morning I thought we'd look at something a little bit different. Uh, We're going to look at Luke 14, 25 through 34. And the reason I say something a little bit different is when I was in uh, college, I had a hard time picking a degree. I had so many interests. So before we look at Luke 14, 25, I just wanted to mention there's so many interesting things that you can study in the world. And, uh, you know, one moment I felt like I was deciding on a marketing career. I thought, maybe I'll go for a bachelor's in marketing. No, maybe I'll do something in communications. And then one day I saw something on like National Geographic and it was about all these cultures and places and ancient ruins and I think in my heart, I felt like, you know what? The whole like Indiana Jones kind of vibe is awesome. So I changed really quickly to anthropology and anthropology study, linguistics, cultural anthropology, archaeology, things like that. And uh, I just decided to go with it. My brother, on the other hand, went straight to the business school and did finance. And that was actually pretty cool too. But sometimes it was hard to discover what it was we wanted to do. But I ended up getting the bachelor's degree in anthropology. My brother got his degree in finance. But one thing I did realize, I really liked finance also. What didn't I like? I mean, I can tell you there are a few things I didn't like. But I really thought also, I wish I could go back. Well, now I'm a little bit older, but I'm not saying I couldn't do it. But I like the idea of investing in finance and helping people with money and all these things. You're having a business meeting soon. That's finance, is it not? As well as other issues. But when you look at Luke 14, I thought what we would look at is some eternal investment philosophies. So anybody here uh, kind of interested in investments, savings accounts, CDs, things like that? Does that ever pop into your mind? Sometimes I'm really interested in these things. I watch stocks sometimes, not because I really want to build wealth. I just have fun doing it. But I would tell you one time... uh, when I thought about this, there are also some basics when it comes to a relationship with Christ, a relationship with God, that maybe there are some eternal investment basics, and that's what we'll look at today. So let's look at Luke 14, 25. And the way that my NIV describes it, it says, the cost of being a disciple. And it kind of reminds me of when uh, I signed up for college. If you start, you have to think about the cost on Am I going to be able to finish? Did I feel like giving up a couple times and withdrawing? I did. (laughs) But in this case, Jesus is talking about a different kind of investment, and he's talking about the cost of being a disciple of Christ. And it says here in Luke 14, 25, large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, 
If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wait a minute, am I reading the Bible here? Is this wild? Interesting, isn't it? If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. We'll talk about this in a little bit. If anyone does not carry his cross and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is neither fit for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Lord, thank you for this word, this word, Lord, that has truly penetrated our hearts, our minds, our thought process, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you just really change our hearts and our minds, Lord, for what you have wrapped up in this parable in Jesus name. Amen. This story is interesting. This starts pretty wild, isn't it? You almost think, wait a minute. Is this true? Well, we'll look at it. We'll see what we think. But uh, the most important part is truly God has something to teach us in these moments, which is wonderful. But sometimes when you think about counting the cost, he's saying that there will, there will be hard days ahead. Did you catch that in there? There'll be times that are hard days ahead. And America's gone through a lot of hard times too, hasn't it? I bet you're probably paying more for gas than ever before in this valley possibly, or one of the highest. And groceries, are groceries decent out here? Or are we looking at some big cost? I mean, even this morning, Jana was thinking, I need to go pick up Oreos. You can't just go pick up Oreos. You've got to play a little bit of the game. Who has the best price? Because there could be big fluctuations. And sometimes when you realize these moments, we have to really focus on having the right strategy, the right investment strategy. Where am I going to put my, my, uh, my efforts? Well, I wrote a few interesting things about uh, the Great Depression in America. But before the Great Depression, you know, it's really interesting as, as you look into it, there was the Roaring Twenties, which is a time of great growth. The Roaring Twenties had a housing boom, a stock boom, industry, expansion, everything was going good. And then something happened in America, and it was October 24th of 1929, and that was Black Thursday. The stock market crashed, the bubble burst, stocks were worthless, paper. And in the months to come, so much came against American families. You ever felt a little under stress as an American family? Well, in that time, American families that owned stock, they lost every penny. Banks closed. How many banks? 9,000 banks closed. $140 billion of deposits wiped out. 
Businesses closed, factories closed. It said also in the stats that by 1932, there were almost 13 million people unemployed in America. The population was only like 115 million at that time. 25% of families had no working parent, and it was a nightmare. But as you think about all of these things, truly, a thought came to me concerning our lives now in what and where America is as a country now, sometimes we feel as though we can lose. We lose more money at the pump. We lose more money uh, when we go grocery shopping, all these things. Vacations are more expensive than ever before. Leisure, all these things. Well, concerning our life, if we look at it in the terms of Scripture, if we lose lots of the world, why don't we just lose more? Amen? Because truly, we are called to be people that give everything to the Lord, and we don't necessarily need to worry too much about this world. When Kylie, was, my daughter, was three years old, she came up with a plan that whatever she found on the floor, she would throw it in the trash can. So, here's a little three-year-old walking around. I see it, boom. If you're missing it, go look in the trash. Kylie probably toasted it. It's probably in the trash. If she'd grab this and she'd grab that, the toys from uh, our son, whatever it was, things that I had ready for work, books, if it was on the floor, it would be in the trash. And one day, as she was going to grab something and throw it in the trash, I said, honey, just watch her, just watch her. And she went and she took something and she tossed it in the trash can and we went, hallelujah, yes, Lord, get rid of the world out of our life, amen. Kylie's example, let's lose more for Christ Jesus. Now, wait a minute. I have to see what it was she threw away, though, right? That's just a part of it. But she was in that mood to throw away the things of the world as a a three-year-old, which is really interesting, because my son was not. He wanted to collect the entire world. He would collect everything. Do we have collectors here? Anybody here? I bet I could go through your house and I could tell you in two seconds, ah, you're a collector. You are a collector. Rye was the exact opposite. I want it all. And... The interesting thing is there's a Christian author. He wrote about the Great Depression in the 1930s, and he wisely reminds God's people, do not count on human wisdom or power. Do not count on human wisdom or power. But as the passage that we read in Luke 14 alludes, we should continue in 2024 the removal of us and the increase of Christ. Amen? This is the basics of what we're talking about here. We want to replace our life with the life of Jesus. But something interesting happened which made me think about this sermon this week. I got an email from my company's 401k and it said, it talked about my age. And I thought, wait a minute, are you allowed to do that? It said, at your age, we found that you are too aggressively invested. And I thought, excuse me? At my age? Pardon me? And I thought, oh, I guess I have to diversify. You heard of that word, right? Diversify. Make sure you don't have all your eggs in one basket, is basically what they're saying. So I thought this morning we would look at some investment basics to really get the idea of not just working on an investment portfolio, but an internal, eternal investment portfolio. Amen? So what's important about this? We consider also in Ecclesiastes 7.14, this is a really interesting scripture, It writes, when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider 
God has made the one as well as the other. So the first thing I wanted to mention this morning, and I don't have a finance degree like my brother, but let me tell you, our first point this morning is this. Do not focus on short-term fluctuation. Isn't that what they would tell you? Has anybody ever gone to one of those uh, financial planners? You ever talked to those folks? If you did, they would tell you this. Do not focus on short-term fluctuation. Short-term fluctuation or short-term in your life, you lose truly sight of the true purpose of life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what we sang about today. Truly focusing on the eternal. And if we lose sight of our true purpose in life, you ever think about that? What's my purpose in life? If you lose sight of the true purpose in life, then your life can go off track. And if your life is off track, you ever felt like that? And if your life is off track, then it's the fast track to almost going nowhere. So going back to when my kids were small, my son wanted this train set. Anybody like train sets here? My dad had one when I was a kid. It was cool. He'd get that big plywood and start nailing all the tracks down. Well, for kids, they had this thing called Geotracks, and it had all these different trains, all these different characters, and on and on and on. And my son, he would just let that little Geotracks thing go all over the place with all the little cities and on and on. But then one day, he had this big idea to take the train off the track and put it on the carpet and see what would happen. I paid for those batteries. And we know how expensive batteries are, don't we? I just bought a little one for the clicker on my little thing at home. It cost me like $9. You gotta be kidding me. But here my son grabs that little GeoTrack train, he puts it on the carpet, and he hits the throttle, and those wheels are going, those wheels are going, and I'm thinking, oh, it's gonna be expensive to replace those batteries. But he's trying this out to see if it's going to do anything. That train went nowhere. So then he came up with the big idea to put it on the kitchen floor, and once again, hits the throttle, the little, the little wheels are going on and on and on, and it was going nowhere. It's exerting all the energy, it's exerting all of its power for no reason at all, because it's on the fast track of no track. And keep in mind, if Kylie finds that train on the floor, it's going in the trash. Boom! Hallelujah! I don't have to buy batteries for it anymore. But I can tell you one thing. When our life is not on track with Christ Jesus, we're just like that, exerting all our energy, all of that energy into going nowhere unless we place it in perspective, in perspective of Christ and eternity. Amen? That is where our true purpose lies, is to be on track with Christ Jesus in step with the Spirit. Amen? And step with the Spirit. And what is your purpose? I'm going to tell you a little bit this morning about what it is. You might have forgotten what your purpose is, but I'll tell you one thing. Sometimes short-term fluctuation. How many things came against you this last week? Anybody have any challenges come against you? Short-term fluctuation can sometimes blurry your purpose, but I assure you, God has an amazing purpose for you. Remove the short-term fluctuation. What are you here for? I'll tell you what you're here for. You are here to change the world. Amen? You are here to change the world for Jesus. Nothing less. Nothing less. One day when this world is like without us, let's say one day we're long gone off to the Lord, 
may it have been changed because of you. Amen? May someone have been impacted that goes on because of you being here. There's this dude at the hotel. I might have mentioned uh, him to you before. His name is JJ. He's a Christian and he polishes shoes at the hotel. And he takes the moment that he has you captured there on his chair. And he takes that moment that he's polishing shoes to tell everybody about Jesus. Because they're captured. <laughs> and here they are. Their shoes are all getting done and on and on. And he's telling, one day, would you, would you believe it? Mr. Wynn sat down at that chair. And I thought, is J.J. really going to tell Mr. Wynn about Jesus? So I said, J.J., what would you do? He said, I sat there and preached to him. And I said, well, you're still employed here, so that's a good sign, dude. <laughs> but that was a really cool moment. Because I just saw J.J. two days ago. He has a busy ministry right there at his polishing chair. But I wanted to mention this this morning about Jesus. Since we talk about our true purpose in life is to change the world. This uh, minister says it this way. A child was born in an obscure village. He grew up in another obscure village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an Itinerant peach. Oh, I said that word wrong. I practiced it two times. Itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never owned a home. He never had a family. He never went to college. He never set foot inside a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place he was born. He never did one of the usual or any of the usual things that accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He had nothing to do with this world except his divine manhood. While still a young man, the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross because between two thieves his executioners gambled for his only piece of property he had on earth while he was dying and that was his robe and when he was dead he was taken down and he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend 19 wide centuries have come and gone and today he is the centerpiece of the human race and the leader of the column of progress and then this minister says i am far within the mark when i say that all the armies that ever marched and all the navies that were ever built and all the parliaments that were ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, put together have not affected the life of man upon earth as powerfully as the one solitary life of Jesus. Amen. He didn't focus on short-term fluctuation. He focused on something bigger than that. Christ is the model for our lives. Hallelujah. I have a model. <laughs> I'm aspiring to be like him. And if Christ had allowed his focus to be on the short term, he might have given up. A lot of us might have. A lot of us might have done that. He might have slipped into obscurity. He might have focused too long on too many of the short term things. But he did something. He went all the way. He overcame this world. He changed this world. And he wants us to do the same. So second thing this morning that I want us to consider is this. Forget the short term fluctuation. I want you to keep your focus on the long term perspective. What is the amazing thing that you want to become or have in your family the relationship with God in a greater way. Think about the long-term perspective. 
I have a Greek Bible at home and I'm so glad I do because sometimes you would be shocked at how much the Greek sounds a little bit more interesting than some of the translations we have. The Greek is really cool. But in the Greek translation, I'm going to read our parable to you in the Greek, in English, but with the Greek translation. And you can get the sentiment of the meaning of this parable that Jesus told. And it says this way, For who of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has the things to bring to completion, that having laid a foundation and not having strength to finish, all those seeing begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and did not have the strength to finish. Strength keeps coming up. And I have to tell you, in this world, it will take strength for you to stand for Christ Jesus. Amen. It will take strength for you to overcome the enemy, overcome the plans of the enemy, overcome all that will come against you that will hinder that short-term fluctuation I told you about. It'll take all your strength to focus on eternity in heaven. And that's what we are here to do. The Greek continues in verse 33. So then every one of you who does not separate from all his possessions is not able to be my disciple. You see the correct long-term perspective when you think about it here, as I wrote it down and I, I just kept thinking about it, the correct perspective is the eternal perspective. All the things I have in my life, I just give thanks to God that it's there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I use what you give me for the time that I'm here. But when you get to heaven, when you get to heaven, you're going to have only one thing, and that's eternity with the Lord. Isn't that lovely? And we have each other, hallelujah. Eternity with our Lord. Our favorite car won't be there. Your coin collection. Who is my coin collectors? No? Nobody? Oh, goodness. My dad was in the grocery business, so I have a big one. He'd always bring me home those little coins. But I tell you, nothing will be there but the Lord and all of His people. Hallelujah. His angelic host, all that eternity has. Christ states plainly, to be His disciple, we must separate ourselves from all of our possessions. But when Luke writes... Christ said, unless you hate your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters, is this not the most shocking part of our scripture today? You must hate. The word that strikes out immediately, of course, is the word hate. Hate seems harsh, but thank God we have Greek Bibles because I'm going to open this up for you. I tried it on my wife one time. Honey, I love you, but no, don't try this. Don't try this at home. Luke says, I have to. <laughs> the word hate is used. There's, in Greek, there's a lot of different ways to look at things. And the word hate that is used in the Greek is miseo. Miseo, if you look into it a little bit uh, clearly, the word hate, miseo, means to detest, to love less, a disregard for, or most importantly, in our context, to have a preference for one thing over another. My lips will only sing the name of Jesus. Isn't that what we sang earlier today? I have a preference of one over all else. This is Miseo that we're talking about. 
We must only give that top spot to the Lord no matter what. Hallelujah. That is taking a long-term perspective. So if I'm going to have a long-term perspective in my life to see through hard times, it's going to be looking to Christ. Amen. And He alone. Jana, my kids, everything else, they're gifts from Him. Amen? Our families are gifts from Him. The loved ones we have, the friends we have, gifts from Him. Third this morning is this. Make sure your portfolio, just like that email I got, make sure your portfolio is well diversified. Between what? You're thinking what I should say is stocks, bonds, and fixed income assets. No, we are God's people, so we're looking at the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Amen? And I want you to know this morning that if you are not relying more and more on the strength of the Father, the victory power of the Son, and the counsel of the Holy Spirit, that you're setting yourself up for the one that wanted to build the tower but didn't count the cost, and didn't have what it took to complete it. We are here to rely on the strength of the Father, the victory of Christ Jesus, and the counsel of the Holy Spirit. And that is what we need to look at today. So let's see what we're missing. I wanted to read something from Deuteronomy 131. This is really interesting. Talking about the Father. The Lord your God who is going before you, He says, the Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you. Do you need someone to fight for you? Do you ever wish you had someone to fight for you? You do. Hallelujah. The Lord your God who is going before you. He's not behind you. He's not on side of you. He is before you. He will fight for you as He did in Egypt before your eyes. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his own child. All the way you went until you reached this place. He is the God that takes us to the place He wants us to be. Amen? Hallelujah. Now that's the strength that we want operating in our life. Someone going before us, carrying us the entire way. The strength of God did something. Wiped out the entire nation of Egypt before the Israelites. And He has the strength to carry us through every difficult moment in our life. Do we have difficult moments? No. Of course we do. We absolutely do. But notice that He goes before us and fights for us. And when we look at the sun, I thought of this. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. Death has been swallowed up in victory. What an amazing thing to say. And didn't we just see in our song this morning, talking about the, the assignment of death in the grave to be overcome by Christ. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And sometimes we feel as though things are dying around us. Moments we think, thank you, Lord, give us the victory for, for, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because it is not in vain. One day it won't matter how many rings I sold down on the strip, how many watches we sold, how many things we did. It won't matter. None of that will matter. The only thing that will matter is that we overcame in victory this world by the Lord Jesus Christ. And our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. How many people can say that? Not many anymore. If Jesus overcame death and defeated it, then we have victory, resurrection, power we can access through Christ. And Jesus reminds us that overcomers of this world are the ones that 
believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Ooh, that's a powerful sentence. The ones that believe that Jesus is literally the Son of God are the overcomers of this world. So if you want to be an overcomer, is that us? If we want to overcome 2024, we put our faith in Jesus as the Son of God. And then with the Spirit, Galatians 5.24 says this, Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep step with the Spirit. Now that means, for me personally, that means, and I wrote down some things here, that I live a life that is abundance in Christ Jesus. A life that's holy. A life that uplifts nurtures, self-gives, is slow to anger, productive, humble, selfless, and put godly desires first and foremost. Which also means that I have to reject the opposite. I reject sinfulness, decadence, possessiveness, oppressiveness, self-centeredness, self-righteousness. Easily angered, I have to reject that. Destructiveness, destructive relationships, evil desires, This is what it means to be well diversified with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So much that we live for. Hallelujah. Our last last thing to look at this morning is this. Do not forget the importance of regular deposits. I met one time a pastor's kid. Her name was Gina. One of the local pastors in the valley. I said, where are you going to church? She goes, I don't anymore. I'm tired of God's people. I just, uh, I need a break. And she said, I just, I have my own relationship with the Lord, so I don't feel like I need to hang out with Christians anymore and do all that stuff. I just, it's just one-on-one, me and the Lord. And then I thought about it. This is really kind of a bummer because I think sometimes when folks are in that mode, maybe they might show up at Christmas time. Maybe they might show up at Easter, you know, and do a, a service here and there. And then for the rest of the year, they're just like, yeah, I just, I'm all right. I don't need to go. But let me tell you one thing. I thought about it. When I met Jana and we were working on a relationship, just seeing her twice a year was not even, it's impossible. I needed to make sure that we were always spending time together. I wanted to see her smile, wanted to go for walks, wanted to hold her hand, wanted to take her to lunch. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to take her to her favorite Thai restaurant when we get home. And I'll probably sit next to her too. And... Every once in a while, I might put my hand on hers. Maybe I'll tell her today I love her. And you know what? It's those regular deposits that build relationship. It's not, let's be distant for a while. Maybe I'll come visit you here and there. Maybe I'll pray to the Lord once in a blue moon. Maybe I'll open my Bible once a month. Maybe I'll chat with Him, pray to Him once in a while, but I'm just not going to do it very often. But I tell you, deposits, regular deposits create relationship, amen? And we need a relationship with the Lord in a much bigger way. He desires that. It's what successful relationships are all about, regular deposits. It's the soil that grows and blooms relationship. But interestingly enough, Jesus gave us this parable about the tower. And He's encouraging us to go deeper in Him, count the cost, and continue to build, amen? You see, God places a big importance on building character in His own family, in His people, the ones that He loves. He wants to build character in our lives and in who we are. So we have to remember, 
Will we give up during hard times? Or will we march forward? I say we be the people that march, amen? We should be the people that march. Count the cost. So I tell you today, spend time with the Lord. We're going to need our Bibles, our prayer life, everything bigger than ever before. Victory to our King. Hallelujah. We serve a King. I'll be checking out some really cool palaces next week. We're going on a, a family vacation, so we'll be gone the next couple uh, Sundays. We're going to France. There are some crazy palaces there. I would say the name of the town, brother. He's from Europe, so he can say all these names better. But we're going to this town called Roms. I'll never say it like the French because it doesn't even sound how it's written. <laughs> you did it good, though. <laughs> but Roms is where they crowned all the French kings. We're going to go check out that church. And boy, can they create houses for the Lord in Europe. If you've ever been to Europe, these folks know how to build God a house. And this, uh, this uh, cathedral in Roms will be spectacular. And we have to remember that it was all built for a king, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> We need to stop owning our faults and truly, truly, truly stop owning the world's problems and all that we do and focus on the life that our Christ King Jesus has. Amen. And draw on His resurrection power. Do you like Charles Stanley? Charles is cool. Follow me here. Charles is really, really cool. I like that uh, Georgia accent. I just wanted to end it uh, with this. He said one time he was in the Bahamas and he saw these three pillars out in the ocean. You know, they're, they're guiding their, their boat in and there's three posts that are out in the ocean. He thought, this must be some kind of directional thing. I can't quite figure out how it works. But he said when he finally asked the captain, how does this work? He says, you take the three posts and the captain orients the ship to where the three posts look like one post. And if you're looking at all three and they look like one dead on, you know you're in the channel. And I tell you today, when you line up God's Son, the Father and the Holy Spirit, when you, when you line up the Trinity in your life in such a beautiful way, you will be in the channel. You won't focus on short-term fluctuation. You will focus on the long-term eternal perspective. Hallelujah. You will make regular deposits. You will be in line with what God is doing in your life. As we close today, I brought a letter from a prisoner. <laughs> you know, it's so weird. Every once in a while, God tells me to do something. I don't always want to do it. God told me to go hang out with this dude at the Clark County Detention Center. So I'd get off from work. It keeps me from my family and I think, and my dinner. And the last thing I want to go do is hang out in the nasty Clark County Correctional Facility. But one of my guards at work did something not good. He got tired of being poor and decided to take a gun and go rob a 7-Eleven. And he got away with it. Until his girlfriend got mad at him during a fight. And she threatened to turn him in. And she did. And then Andrew was off to jail. First at the correctional facility, then out to High Desert State Prison. And I went out there, and what did I do? I just decided, if God's going to call me out here, I need to invest regular deposits in Andrew's life. Amen? Sometimes I wanted to go home and have tacos and not hang out at the jail, but I went. And then he writes these words. I'm so happy and thankful for having a friend like you in my life. Thank you 
enough. For what you've done for me, just thinking about it, can bring tears to my eyes that you've invested in me. I love you like a brother. Hope to see you soon. That's regular deposits. And you know what? For all those nights I grumbled to go to that place, once I got this in the mail, it was all worth it. And then I realized the Lord is focusing on this young man too for the investment basics that he can have in his life to learn to find out who is this King of glory. Amen? Amen. Let's sit and pray. Lord, thank You so much for Your goodness. We thank You, Lord, that truly we are called to be people that overcome this world and remember, Lord, that we will not be swayed just like the winds right now. We know it's short-term, Lord, but boy, it sure makes a presence, doesn't it? We know, Lord God, that we can get tossed around, we can get tossed to and fro, but we know, Lord, that we are here for the long-term perspectives, not just where life can hit us, Uh, left and right, but that we are being carried by You, Lord. That You are truly the God that goes before us and fights for us. Hallelujah. Lord, continue truly to invest. Invest in our lives as we invest our lives in You. And truly, Lord, we will not forget this year regular deposits into You, Lord God, and what You have for us, our families, our loved ones. And Father, as we spend time together today as a family here, New Hope, hallelujah, May your hope increase in our hearts as we focus on you this year. Bless this church, Lord God. And bless all that come into this church. And may they always be changed because of the regular deposits we will place in their lives as well. And in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.